You are listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, episode number 28. It can be really easy if you've been successful in the past, if you had some kind of you know, big accomplishments, maybe you were a high school athlete, or you were really delighted when you had your first child, or any of these things, you know, life milestones. And now maybe life is a little bit calmer or things have changed. It can be really difficult and damaging to yourself to compare yourself to your previous self. Welcome to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, stories of vibrant women living happy lives. And now your host, Jen Riday. Hey there, Jen here, and welcome to today's episode of Vibrant Happy Women. On our last episode, I spoke with Scarlett Pauliki, and she shared her story of overcoming the grief after a miscarriage. She has some great tidbits about listening to intuition and using writing as part of the healing process. Today, I'll be talking with Melissa Juwan, author of The Well-Fed One and Well-Fed Two Paleo Cookbooks, two of my all-time favorite cookbooks. She shares her story of being in the greatest shape of her life, being completely fit, only to learn that she had to have a thyroidectomy. Her energy decreased and she had to change everything. And she shares some important wisdom, how we should not compare our current self to our former self. And also after the interview ended, Melissa decided to share a copy of a 70-page PDF of her favorite recipes with us. I'll tell you where you can get your copy at the end of the show. So let's go ahead and get started. Hello there. Welcome to Vibrant Happy Women. I'll be interviewing Melissa Julwan today. Melissa is the author of the best-selling Well-Fed Cookbook series and the blog MelJuwan.com. After a lifetime of yo-yo dieting and food as the enemy, Melissa found the paleo diet in 2009 and has been happily following it ever since. That year, she also underwent a thyroidectomy. In the aftermath of that surgery and recovery, she became particularly interested in how diet affects hormones, body composition, mood, and motivation. Melissa lives in White River Junction, Vermont, with her husband, Dave, and their cat, Smudge, and they'll be moving to Prague next April. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad you could be on the show. I discovered your cookbooks a few years ago, and I love them, and they're my favorites. Such an honor. That's so nice. Thank you. I'm glad you like them. <laughs> so we'd like to ask our guests their favorite quote. And I'm curious what quote you'll share with us today. Um, I chose comparison is the thief of joy, which was said by Theodore Roosevelt. And the reason I picked this quote, I think on the surface, it's pretty meaningful, right? So comparing yourself to others is the fastest way to kind of lose your own sense of yourself and your sense of joy and who you are and your accomplishments. But because of what we're going to talk about a little bit later, I've also thought about this quote in the context of not comparing yourself to yourself. It can be really easy if you've been successful in the past, if you had some kind of you know, big accomplishments, maybe you were a high school athlete or you were really delighted when you had your first child or any of these things, you know, life milestones. And now maybe life is a little bit calmer or things have changed. It can be really difficult and damaging to yourself to compare yourself to your previous self. And I also think it can be really dangerous to only think about your future self and how perfect that future self could be. Mm. So to me, comparison is the thief of joy. 
really pertains to comparing yourself to others and in some ways comparing yourself to yourself. And it reminds me to embrace who I am today and be happy with that person. And that doesn't mean that you don't strive to reach goals or be better, but I think you can't do those things if you don't love the person you are right now. Mm, I love that. So did you have a time when you didn't follow that philosophy and it got you into trouble a little bit? Um, I mean, I, I think the things that we encourage others to pay attention to are the things we need to pay attention to oh. ourselves. So, <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I mean, I have a tendency to allow myself to look at friends or acquaintances and kind of let myself feel less than because they're doing well. And it's, you know, I have to remind myself the world is a bountiful place and someone else being successful doesn't mean that there's less room for me. And I'm, I mean, I'm much better at it than I used to be. And I, you know, as we're going to talk about a little bit with my thyroid issues later, it can be really easy for me to compare myself to the way I was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's just not productive at all. I was a completely different person. My body was different. And really, that's true for all of us. We're mm-hmm. different every day. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go right to that story of your thyroid issues and how you transitioned throughout that time. Yeah, let's talk about the low point. Ew. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so would you say your, your thyroid problems were your low point in life, your lowest point? Yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty shocking. And I think the reason it felt so low is because it literally came after such a great high. So Mm. it was 2008, 2009. And I had been on this kind of quest to reach my ideal weight and to be as fit and healthy and happy as I could because I was approaching my 40th birthday. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to, I had, you know, lifelong weight issues as you alluded to in my introduction. And I really wanted to kind of put that in the rearview mirror and focus on my health and reach that goal and have it coincide with the fact that I was turning 40, which is like such a big milestone. Mm -hmm. And I did. It was great. I started following the zone diet and then I transitioned to the paleo diet and I was doing CrossFit and I'd started running and I just felt amazing. And I looked really good. I was fit. I was lean. I had tons of energy. And then suddenly... I started to not have so much energy and it was a really marked difference. I went from, you know, a workout in the morning and maybe a run in the afternoon to barely making it through a morning workout and then coming home and like falling asleep for four hours on the couch. Wow. And my thinking was kind of foggy. My sleep was disrupted and I'd never been a great sleeper, but I was down to like maybe four or five hours a night, completely interrupted. I mean, it was bad. Mm Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor and I was like, I don't understand. I do all the things everyone says you're supposed to do. I eat right. I exercise. And I was feeling great. And now I'm exhausted. And he, you know, checked me out, did some blood work, couldn't really find anything wrong with me. And then he was just kind of palpitating my throat just during a, you know, regular exam Mm -hmm. and said, "Mm, I think your thyroid feels a little enlarged or there's maybe a bump on it. And I think you should go and have an ultrasound. Mm. So I was on one hand relieved because finally there was something that we could say, maybe this is it (laughs) because it was so mystifying for me to be so fatigued. Mm -hmm. And I went to an ear, nose and throat doctor and she did the ultrasound 
And it was really shocking because she came into the room after and she said, you have a nodule on your thyroid Mm. and it's fairly large. And when they're large, there is a greater risk that they can be cancerous. So we're going to schedule you for surgery next week. And I don't know for anybody who's listening, like if you've ever gotten that kind of news, like you can't like it's you can't really process it because like no one ever wants to hear the C word, right? Like that's the thing that everyone's like, ah, you never want to hear that. You can't you don't even think about hearing that word. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty stressful. And it was in November, which is right before Thanksgiving, which is my favorite holiday. And we had this huge Thanksgiving trip planned where we were going to go visit my family and we were going to go to Disney World and we were going to visit my husband Dave's family. Like it was this epic trip planned. And in between, (laughs) I was going to have this surgery. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah. So. So you had the surgery and then. I had the surgery. Tell us about that. Tell us what that was like. Well, I mean, surgery is pretty gnarly. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to lie. Um, the one thing that was really cool about that surgery that I will admit is that I had had shoulder surgery before. Mm-hmm. And for that, they gave me the anesthesia somewhere other than the operating room and then wheeled me in. Mm. This time, I was awake when I went into the operating room. So it was the first time I'd ever actually seen the inside of one other than on TV. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to the anesthesiologist, like, this is really cool. Ah. <laughs> and then the next thing, I knew, next thing I knew, I was waking up in the recovery room. Ah. Um, But they did tell me that my throat would be sore after the thyroidectomy because basically they they literally split your throat. So right at the base of my neck, they made an incision to go get into my thyroid. And like when they said it was going to be a sore throat, I thought they meant, you know, like when you have a cold and you have a sore throat, like scratchy. Yeah. It was the, it was like muscle pain. Mm. So like every time I swallowed was just like excruciating. Like if you've done too many squats at the gym and your (laughs) legs are butter sore, that's what my neck felt like. It was terrible. And the incision was really gross. It looked like I called it my Franken neck because it had, and I had to, I actually had to stay overnight in the hospital. I think I was there two nights. Mm -hmm. So it turned out to be a little bit more extensive than we'd actually thought when she got in there. um, I actually had nodules on both half of my thyroid. Mm. So they took out like two thirds of my thyroid. The happy news is that it was not cancer. Oh, good. Which was great. Yeah. They biopsied the nodule and there was no cancer, which was really wonderful news. Oh yeah. But having my thyroid taken out like that, they thought that little sliver that was left might still function and it didn't. Mm. So I went from fairly normal to being hypothyroid pretty much immediately because my body just wasn't making thyroid hormones. So you had to get medication or fake thyroid. What do you call that? Yeah, I needed to take thyroid hormones, Mm -hmm. but because they were able to leave a little sliver in there, I wasn't put on thyroid hormones immediately. And that actually was like the low point below the low point. Like I got lower. (laughs) came out of the surgery and immediately went back to like, as soon as I was recovered, I went back to working out the way I had been. So I was doing CrossFit again. I was running again. I was doing my two a days if I felt like it. Like I went right back to my old behavior, but I was not taking any thyroid hormones. So eventually the fatigue that I had had got even worse. Oh, wow. Because body was just like tanked in terms of having, you know, energy for my metabolism. Mm-hmm. So it was about a year after the surgery before I started working with an endocrinologist. So 
you know, my word of caution to anybody who has anything going on with their thyroid is even if you love your primary care physician and even if you trust them and, you know, you've worked together and you really like each other, it really helps to see either a functional medicine doctor or an endocrinologist because you just really need a specialist who understands how the thyroid interacts with everything. Right, right. So I started working with an endocrinologist and felt a little bit better when I got on the medication for a while. And then I started feeling bad again and could not get the endocrinologist to pay attention to what I was telling him because my blood work, according to the charts he was following, looked fine to him. Mm. But I was still fatigued. I like I had like as I said, I'd gotten down to my goal weight and I was really fit and slowly I was packing on the pounds. So I eventually gained 30 pounds, which is really distressing for somebody who spent a couple of years getting it off. Yeah. And when I would say to the endocrinologist, you don't understand, like I exercise, I eat really well, I focus on sleep, I do yoga, like I do all the things you're meant to do and I'm gaining weight. And he was like, well, I don't know what to say. You know, your blood work looks fine. Mm -hmm. So that's when I found a functional medicine doctor, Dr. Amy Myers. And she really has turned everything around. So it's been kind of an eight-year odyssey to get things under control. And I don't want to scare anybody who, you know, is maybe needs, hears that they need to have their thyroid removed. It doesn't always take that long to straighten everything out. It's just my particular set of circumstances ended up being a meandering path. And I will say that in the last, you know, eight years, there has been a lot more knowledge gained about how to treat thyroid disorders and people who have thyroidectomies. Mm -hmm. So don't freak out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. So what treatment was different about what Dr. Myers was doing compared to the endocrinologist? The biggest thing that Dr. Myers did is that she put me on a combination of different kinds of thyroid hormones. Okay. I don't want to get too far into the technical discussions. They work because it will roll your eyes back in your head. But basically, she put me on two different medications and I take it twice a day. Mm-hmm. And that's really helped, you know, even out my energy. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, you know, a diabetic who needs to take insulin or even if you're taking birth control pills, like those hormones need to hit your body at the right time during the day for things to function well. Mm-hmm. So I take it twice a day. It used to really bother me for a while after the surgery when I had to take the thyroid hormones every day. I just felt resentful of kind of feeling like I was broken. But... I th- you know, I worked on that for a couple of years and now it's, you know, it's just a matter of fact, it's like brushing my teeth. It's just one of the things I have to do to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And so now that you have your hormones under control, are you back to CrossFit and working out twice a day? Um, no, <laughs> and I will most likely never be able to do that again. There's a really close relationship between the adrenal system and the thyroid system. And twice a day workouts is just really too much for me. And it might be too much for anybody who's not an athlete. You know, there's diminishing returns in your health as you get more accomplished in your athletic feats. So, and particularly, you know, I'm 48 now. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) not to say that you can be older and be really fit, but that kind of like really intense wear and tear, you know, more than twice a week is just not appropriate for me. Okay. So I do, I do, and I don't do CrossFit, although I do, I do miss and love CrossFit. I do CrossFit-like workouts and that I'm still doing the same kind of movements. And I do a lot of work with heavy barbells, but it's a little bit slower paced, but still high intensity. And I really watch my heart rate and I watch 
how much time I'm doing it for. So I can't do the 45 minute super high intensity stuff anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I balance it with yoga and meditation and lots of walking. Mm-hmm. I was, if anybody goes, it decides to take a visit to my blog, there are plenty of blog posts where I complain about walking and how lame it is and how <laughs> boring it is. But that, you know, that was a couple of years ago when I had to do that kind of in a therapeutic way. And now I really look at it as a treat. Like I get to be outside. I listen to a podcast or some music that I love. And it's just about breathing and moving. And I've grown to really love it. But I started doing it very reluctantly. Okay. Okay. So did the weight come off? (laughs) Some of it. I'm still working on about 15 pounds that I'd like to get rid of. But I also, my attitude towards that has changed a little bit too. And I feel like I've found a comfortable point between accepting myself and liking myself the way I am while still working on improving. My attitude when I was approaching my 40th birthday and trying to get the weight off that time was very, I think kind of like punishment driven is a really strong word, but I was very into discipline for discipline's sake. And I kept myself on a really short leash and felt like if I was working hard and kind of suffering a little bit, then that was going to get me where I wanted to be faster and better. Mm -hmm. And I've since realized that that is a ridiculous way to treat yourself. You would not treat anyone else that way. So why would we treat ourselves that way? So exercise to me now is much more playful. And that doesn't mean I don't work hard. I do. But it feels like kind of a reward for getting adequate rest. So like when I've had eight hours of sleep, then I can go and do that really hard workout. Mm -hmm. If I have a bad night of sleep, that workout's probably not going to happen. I'm going to do yoga and a walk instead. Okay. And minimizing that stress Mm -hmm. will ultimately be much better for my health and better for weight loss. Like stress is a big blocker for losing weight, particularly as we get older. Okay. Okay. So you went through that transition And what would you say would be the biggest aha moment you experienced? Oh, I mean, I think there's two. There's that literally when I had that, you know, the results of the ultrasound, that was literally the worst news I'd ever heard. And I wasn't really sure how I was going to rebound from that. And it taught me that you're going to hear terrible things in your life and you will find a way to rebound from them. And it kind of creates you know, a new normal. And the best way to kind of embrace the new normal is, like I said earlier, to not compare yourself with the you you used to be. Fully embrace the you you are now and be that best version of that person that you can be. Okay, that's good advice. And what does a vibrant, happy life look like for you today? You know, I'm a lot more easy on myself. I've started deciding every morning what are the two work-related things and one personal thing that I need to accomplish today. And when those things are done, I give myself permission to be done for the day, which is not a thing I used to do. (laughs) I used to go from, when I first started doing CrossFit, I went to a class that started at 5.30 in the morning so that I could do it before my nine to five job. So I was getting up at like 4.45 and going and doing CrossFit eating my food, my breakfast, like on the way to work, working a corporate job all day long, eating my lunch at my desk, and then coming home and packing my food for the next day and stressing about getting to bed by, you know, 8.30 or 9 because I had to get up at 4.45 the next day. Mm. That is gone. Yeah. That is all gone. 
<laughs> it was an interesting experiment. <laughs> So, you know, my, my days are, are a little bit easier. I work for myself now. Now that I'm the, a cookbook author, I work from home and there's plenty of time for meditation and yoga and walking and things are just a little bit more chill, mm. which is an interesting balance because I'm still kind of in my heart a little bit more of a go-getter. So I have to force myself to kind of slow down, mm-hmm. but it's much better for my health. Yeah, you sound a little relieved to be living this slower <laughs> pace. <laughs> I mean, it is nice. And it's nice to be able to to choose. Like before, I would, was just so, I feel like I was, you know, chased by demons that said, if I wasn't suffering, I wasn't doing it right. And that's just, it's just flat out wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So things don't have to be difficult to be accomplishments. Right, right. Anything you continue to struggle with now? I mean, we overcome these low points, but then these new struggles always pop up, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still struggle with, you know, if I had my choice, all things being equal, I would do CrossFit at six o'clock in the morning and I would go running in the afternoon. But because I loved it, it was, it felt fun. It felt very invigorating. I felt like, you know, a superhero. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but like, I literally don't have the ability to do that now. I could do it maybe one day Mm -hmm, (laughs) and then mm -hmm. I would be, you know, taking a nap for hours. (laughs) So there is still that struggle between my desire and my ability. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I meditate and I try to, you know, make peace with it. And gratitude goes a long way. Like being grateful that I can, I can work out. Like there was a time when I couldn't work out at all. Mm -hmm. I can do my workouts. I can go running twice a week. I can go to the gym twice a week. I can't do it every day anymore. So, I mean, that's a small sacrifice to make. Mm -hmm. And I do still struggle with the weight loss. You know, I can be very calm and say, I have 15 pounds to go and I like myself the way I am and, you know, I'll work on it and it'll come off eventually. And I mean that, but... I would not be being honest if I didn't say like there are days when I'm like, seriously, I had to have my throat cut open and now I'm 15 pounds heavier than I want to be and I can't wear the dress in the back of my closet that I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are days when I struggle with that still, mm-hmm. but it's better than than it used to be. I'm not you know haunted by those demons so much anymore. Mm-hmm. And what's one thing that's really exciting you about life right now? I am very excited about my new cookbook. It's been two years in the works, and it's the biggest book I've ever done, and I'm really proud of it, and I think people are going to like it, so that's really exciting. So what's the name of the cookbook? So the new book is called Well-Fed Weeknights, Complete Paleo Meals in 45 Minutes or Less, and the premise behind the book is that you can go to the grocery store, buy the groceries you need to make a particular recipe, and come home and cook it in less than 45 minutes. And lots of them take 25 to 30 minutes. They're really fast and super easy. You don't have to be a very skilled cook. You just have to know how to chop and saute, and you'll be on your way. And this is kind of in contrast to my previous books, where I really advocated for doing a weekly cookup, where you do some batch cooking, you maybe make a big pot of chili, you cook some chicken and vegetables so that you can mix and match throughout the week. I still do a lot of that, but I realize that there are people who who maybe don't have the luxury or the time to cook on a Sunday afternoon, for example. Mm -hmm. So this way, if you're on your way home from work, you pop into the grocery store, you grab what you need, you come home, dinner, boom. Nice. 
Well, I can't wait to get my hands on that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that some of my other recipes, because they were really spicy or maybe not, I, mean, I know that there are some kids who like them, but there were also some kids who were maybe turning up their noses. <laughs> um, this new book is very kid-friendly, mm-hmm. so I think it's really great for families. There are a lot of really fun recipes that are inspired by my travels and kind of making versions of junk food that are healthy, which is not to say that there are a lot of paleoized treats in this book. I don't do treats really. So there's not, you know, a lot of almond flour and coconut sugar and all that kind of thing. It's basic protein, vegetables, fat, and a little imagination. Mm, It sounds amazing. Tell us the title again. Yeah, it's Well-Fed Weeknight. Well-Fed Weeknights. And it will be out November 1st. Okay. The great news is that today is actually the first day of my pre-sale. And we have all kinds of free goodies that go along with the book when people pre-order a copy from my website, which is meljoelon.com. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about some of the stuff. I think the coolest thing, honestly, I'm just going to brag about the thing that I made, <laughs> is that I made an exclusive meal plan that will only be available to people who pre-order the book that actually incorporates recipes from my website and my previous cookbooks. So it's a month of menus, shopping lists, step-by-step directions, and menus to get you through a whole month of delicious paleo food. So if we pre-order the book off your site, we'll get that 30-day, what do you call it? (laughs) Yeah, it's a 30-day meal plan. 30-day meal plan. Okay. And so that's at meljulwan.com. That's right. Nice. And there's a bunch of other really great goodies too. So definitely check it out. And so for those listeners who might not have followed a paleo diet before, could you tell us in maybe three sentences why paleo is the best? Yes. The paleo diet really eliminates inflammation in the body. And that's the biggest reason to follow it. Every ailment basically is caused by inflammation, joint pain, autoimmune conditions, all of those things are from inflammation. And that's like, imagine if you cut your finger and it gets a little red and puffy as it's healing. That's happening inside your body when you have inflammation and you want to minimize that as much as possible. So by eliminating grains, dairy, legumes, and added sugar, your body can heal and reduce that systemic inflammation. Mm-hmm. And then energy increases and mood Mm -hmm. increases. and Exactly. Your blood sugar stabilizes, Mm -hmm. sleep improves, and then once your sleep improves, everything gets better. Right. So, Mel, we're at a fun part of the interview. I love talking about favorite things, but especially I know you're going to have some fun kitchen gadgets to tell us about, (laughs) but we'll start at the beginning. What's a favorite personal habit that contributes to your success? I wish I had something that sounds sexier, but I got to go with meditation. Uh It sounds really like woo-woo and groovy, but just taking even a five-minute break for deep breathing can turn your day around. And I have 30-minute yoga nidra meditation that is like going to a mental vacation for half an hour. It's so great. So meditation, secret to happy life. Okay, great. And a favorite easy meal that you like to eat regularly. So maybe we could switch this up. What are your two favorite meals from your new cookbook? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Actually, one of my favorite recipes in the cookbook was going to be my favorite easy meal, which is great. um, It's called blueberry pie salad, which is a silly name that my husband and I made up. It's basically um, whatever kind of salad greens you like, sliced scallions, toasted pecans, blueberries, cooked chicken, 
and champagne, vinegar, and extra virgin olive oil and salt and pepper. Oh, yeah. The blueberry and the pecan together taste like pecan pie. It's so good. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. And how often do you make that? Every other day, maybe. (laughs) Wow, it really is a favorite. (laughs) I mean, we tend to eat the same things over and over for breakfast and lunch just to make it easy. So we usually have some kind of salad for lunch. And if we have blueberries, we're having blueberry pie salad. Oh, yummy. Yummy. And and that one's in your cookbook or? It is in the new cookbook. Excellent. One of the things that's really cool about this cookbook is that I have what are called food court recipes, and they're kind of inspired by takeout and truck food trucks. So there's like an enormous salad bar section, and there's 25 salad ideas in there. And the blueberry pie salad is one of those. And there's like six salad dressings that are great. My other favorite recipe, this is also going to sound really boring, but it's not, it's amazing, is Italian salad dressing Mm -hmm. that was inspired by the Good Seasons packets that they sell in the grocery store. That's what we ate on our salad like every night when I was growing up. It was my job to make the salad dressing and we literally had salad with dinner every night. Mm -hmm. So having this like homemade version so good. I have a giant bottle of it in my refrigerator right now. Oh, yum, yum. And how do you make it taste as good without all that sugar? It's just got a lot of spices in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you'll never miss the sugar. Awesome. <laughs> and what's, if you have more than one, we'd love to hear favorite kitchen gadgets. I do have more than one. Yay. <laughs> the two things that are really prominent in the new cookbook and that I've been using in my kitchen like a mad woman for the last two years are one, a stick blender. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a stick blender and a one pint mason jar, you can make homemade mayo in like 90 seconds. That's what I do. And yeah. you taught me. You totally <laughs> yeah. taught me. I'm so excited to say it works. Yes. Yes. And then once you have homemade mayo, then you have the base for all kinds of creamy sauces. Mm -hmm. So you can make something that seems a little bit like sour cream if you're having a taco bowl, or you can make tzatziki if you're having gyro meat. You can make creamy Italian dressing or ranch dressing or remoulade for shrimp. Like It's just, it's like a pair of jeans that goes with everything. Yeah, and it's olive oil-based mayonnaise, which is so much better for you. And that's why I love it. And the homemade has such a lovely texture. Once you've tried it, you will never want to eat store-bought again. True. Ever. It's true. It's so good. Yeah. And the second thing is a meat hammer. Oh. Because you can use it to flatten chicken breasts, which is called chicken paillard, until they're only about half an inch thick. And they cook really, really quickly, so they stay nice and tender. Um, I also use it to smash plantains, boil the plantains, smash them, and then pan fry them so they get crispy. Mm. It's great for crushing garlic. Uh-huh. And it's fun. Like you can yeah. take out the aggressions of the day with the meat hammer. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. Just bash some chicken breasts and you feel so much better. It's like it's like combine that with meditation and you can take over the world. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. And a favorite book that you'd recommend to the Vibrant Happy Women community? Okay, I'm gonna sneak in two again, but I'm gonna go fast. Okay. Jane Eyre is my number one favorite book of all time. Mm-hmm. Jane is an amazing character. So much strength of character, so much like sheer will and determination to live the kind of life she wants to live. If you're not into the writing of Charlotte Bronte, it can take a little while to get used to the language, but it is entirely worth it. Mm -hmm. And then something a little bit more accessible and also really fun and emotionally 
resonant is a book called The Night Circus by Aaron Morgan Stern. Okay. It's got a little romance. It's got a little travel. It has a little magic. It's really great. Great. And we will have links to everything that Mel's been chatting about on jenriday.com forward slash 28. And then our last, well, we have two more questions. What's the best advice you've ever received? You know, this is a hard one. Um, and I always come back to what my dad has always said to me, whether I had a great day, whether I had a bad day, whether we just had a fight, my dad would always end our conversations with just enjoy yourself, honey. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's really good advice. That's sweet. You know, even, yeah. You know, we would, we would have like a really serious conversation about, you know, what my college major should be or if I should take or quit a particular job. And it would just seem, you know, like the world is resting on this decision and we would have a really good productive conversation about it. And then he would say, just enjoy yourself, honey, because the truth is you really can't make a wrong choice, right? We're all just kind of muddling through and trying to find our way and you can always course correct. And the big thing is to be kind to yourself and enjoy yourself. Uh, I can see that being an internet meme. Just enjoy yourself, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, now our final question. If you had to create a three to five part formula of things that really make you happy or happier, what would that include? Well, the first one has to be eat well, because eating well is the foundation of our bodies. Um, The second would be get sound sleep, because when you're well rested, you can do just about anything. Mm -hmm. The third would be travel. And when I can't actually be traveling, daydreaming or reading about travel, Mm -hmm. because that just fills my well so much. I love learning about other people's lives and imagining what it would be like to be in their situations. And I love the romance of it and cobblestones and architecture and history, all of that. Mm -hmm. So those are my three things. If I have those things, pretty happy. And so you're moving to Prague in April. Why Prague? Tell us more about that. I'm not sure how we, my husband and I landed on visiting there the first time. I always kind of had a fascination with Eastern Europe because I learned about the Berlin Wall and the Iron Curtain at just a really impressionable age, I think. And I remember being fascinated by this idea that you could go to bed one night and then wake up the next morning and your best friend might be on the other side of this wall and you would never see them again. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 and just like, stunned and fascinated by that idea. So I always kind of had this interest in that part of the world. And I'm really interested in World War II history and kind of understanding the forces that drove everything that happened during World War II. And I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. you can spend the rest of your life studying that. Right. So that always really fascinated me. And then, so that's like the, the smart part of my answer, the totally goofy part is that there's this 80s movie called Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And it's about these kids who are on a college campus in the 80s playing a paintball game and like <laughs> pretending to be spies. And they go to Europe for spring break and actually get caught up in this espionage for real, but they think it's a game. It's a very silly 80s movie that stars Anthony Edwards from ER before he was bald. And he's got this <laughs> crazy, giant, thick 80s hair. Oh, wow. But he actually, in the movie, crosses over into East Berlin, and everyone's talking with German accents, and I loved it. Oh, fun. <laughs> so you take all of that, like the intellectual part and the silly part, and mush it together, and I just really wanted to go to that part of the world. 
And we went to Prague for the first time in 2010. I think we stayed for two and a half weeks that first time. Mm-hmm. And we just loved it. The city itself is incredibly beautiful because it was not damaged during World War II. Mm-hmm. So it still has incredible architecture. And the old town is, you know, meandering alleys and cobblestone streets and most incredible castle. And the Vltava River flows through the city. So there are bridges crossing the river to take you from one side of the city to the other. Mm. And it's just very kind of magical and romantic. And the language is indecipherable, (laughs) which I kind of like because Uh as I mentioned earlier, like I tend to be very like goal and destination oriented. Mm -hmm. And in Prague, I have to kind of slow down and just let myself meander because I get lost Every time I'm trying to, because the streets aren't really on a grid. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's the universe giving me this message, like be a little playful, slow down, enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Look at the architecture. Mm-hmm. Sit on that nice bench over there. Yeah. Great. Well, go ahead and leave us with a challenge and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. My, I thought about a food challenge. Oh, and I thought good. about a meditation challenge mm-hmm. and I couldn't pick. Oh, let's have them both. <laughs> now you've intrigued okay. me. <laughs> so the food challenge is if you are thinking about paleo but aren't sure that you are ready to commit 100%, my challenge and advice to you would be to make your breakfast paleo friendly for a week and see how you feel. Mm. Because most people eat very carbohydrate-heavy breakfast, you know, cereal, pancakes, toast, bagel, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And really what you want to do is start your day with a pretty good intake of protein because that will help you power through the morning. It gets your hormones set for the day. It gives you, you know, good energy. So you kind of want to start with protein and fat and some carbohydrates, but carbohydrates in the form of vegetables or fruit, or a starchy carb, like maybe a sweet potato. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would say go for at least four ounces of protein. And if you're not, you know, a person who meticulously weighs their food, which I encourage you not to be, four ounces, four to six ounces is about the size and thickness of your palm. Mm-hmm. So just some kind of good protein. Um, you can have eggs if that's your preference. I eat the same things for breakfast that I eat for lunch, but it might take you a while to get to where you want to do that. So go ahead and have eggs. You can scramble eggs with some ground beef and spinach. That's a pretty awesome breakfast. Mm -hmm. Add some fruit and you're good to go. Mm -hmm. So that's my first challenge. Okay. And then the second is if you are not a person who meditates to give that a try for a week. And the easiest way to do that, you don't need anything special. Um, If you want to listen to some music, you can put on some soothing music without lyrics or you can just sit quietly. You know yourself, so you know which one will work better for you. Mm -hmm. And sit where you can be quiet and undisturbed for five minutes. And all you need to do is breathe in for a count of four, hold it for a count of four, exhale for a count of four, and then hold the breath suspended for four. Mm -hmm. And that just slows you down. It gives lots of good oxygen to your brain. And you will feel both peaceful and rested and energized after doing that for just five minutes. Nice. Those are excellent challenges. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And I'll remind our listeners to visit your site at meljulwan.com and buy your book and they'll get the free menu plan. Great. Thank you. Anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? 
No, I just want to say thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope it was helpful to your audience. Oh, they're going to love it. Thank you so much, Mel. Take care. You too. Thank you so much for joining us today. And as promised, you can get your free copy of Melissa's 70-page recipe PDF by going to jenriday.com forward slash 28. Be sure to join me next time when I talk with Taya Kyle, wife of the former Navy SEAL sniper, Chris Kyle, and author of the best-selling book, American Wife. Taya talks about how she has been able to forgive her husband's murderer, how she is finding beauty through the ashes, and raising her kids as vibrantly and happily as possible. Now, I really enjoyed the interview with Taya. There are some people, when you talk to them, you just feel an instant connection, like your kindred spirits, as Anne of Green Gables would say, and I felt that with Taya, and I think you're going to love her too. So be sure to join us next week, and until then, take care. Thanks for listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast at www.jenriday.com.